Hey, what's up? My name is Stephen, and I lead Avenue Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, along with my wife and an incredible team. We really have a desire to see people experience God's unconditional love, find their true identity in Christ, and live out their purpose. And we would love to connect with you. You can find us on all social media platforms simply by searching Our Avenue Church. You can also check us out online by going to OurAvenueChurch.com. We really pray that something in this message inspires and equips you to experience the way of life you were created to live in Christ. Enjoy. I'm really, really excited to bring a word this morning. Um, starting a two-part series on rest. Um, I was in California last week. I rested absolutely none. And then my plane landed at about 12.30 this morning. And I got home about 1.30, 2 o'clock, in the bed about 3 o'clock. So isn't it just, like, ironic that you go to bring a message about rest and you've only had a nap in the last 48 hours, <laughs> right? But I'm, I'm, I'm spiritually strengthened after last week. And so, um, you know, time management is something that I've struggled with most of my life. Anyone else? No, just me. Like, like I didn't start using a calendar until I was in my twenties because I was anti-calendar. Uh, like, I, to me, I thought you were a sissy if you had to use a calendar. And I'm a real man, and I can keep up with stuff until I can't keep up with stuff. And so, man, I've worked plans, I've worked calendars, and time management has just been a struggle. And for anyone else, we have to come to an understanding and realization. And we've said this: like, we only have a certain amount of time. We have 24 hours in a day. 52 weeks in a year, 365 days in a year, and sometimes it goes really, really quick. When we landed in California last week, I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be the longest week ever, seven days. But then by like Thursday or Friday, I was like, that's it? Like, trip's over? That went by so quick. And Andy Stanley has a statement that says, the days are long, but the years are short. And for those of us who are parents with teenagers, like Ella's 15, I've got about three years left with her until she goes to college, and that really starts to sink in. And the days can go by really long, but the years go by really, really short. And, and I want us to be a people, to be a church that understands the value of time. And in, David says in Psalms, we've said this a, a couple of times, that our, our lives are like a hand width. That if you look at, at the width of your hand from one side to the other, and in all of eternity, that's about how much time we have on this earth. And we see in Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, where God says and David says, you know, echoing that our, our life is like a, a vapor. It's here for a moment and then it's gone. That our life is like, like flowers that are here in the morning and by the evening they're, they're wilted because of the heat. And I never understood that until I was in Northern California. And it, at 7 o'clock in the morning, it's like 40 degrees. But by 3 in the afternoon, it's 90 degrees. Like, what is, I thought Tennessee weather was crazy. Like, they get all four seasons in a day. Like, what is this? And so things wilt as the day goes on. And, and so I want us to do a good job at, at time management. Stewardship is something that God has been trying to teach us and his people since the very beginning. And so the next two weeks, I'm going to be talking about this rhythm of rest and that God is as passionate about us resting as he is us succeeding and working. And it's actually something that he's had to start very, very early on to teach his people as they were in the wilderness to rest. And everyone's like, I can, I can get with that, right? 
Like, I can take a nap right now. Please don't, all right? <laughs> Wait till after the sermon to take a nap. And dad's like, I'm napping all afternoon. And so this week, we're going to go over some foundational stuff. It's probably going to be a lot more scripture than, than kind of what I normally do, even as a teacher. Like, Pastor Jason is a preacher. He's going to preach it down. I'm going to teach you. And so you're going to have probably a little more scripture today than what you're used to. I want to ask you and, and encourage you to lean in. Um, because I think in our society, in our families, and even in our faith, we are failing to rest properly. That we are failing to rest properly, and there are a lot of negative effects that we're feeling from that. Would you guys agree? And, and, and we can all celebrate when we went into the pandemic and everything shut down. We were like, at first, we're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then we're like, I can get used to this. Like things chilled out, but now that things have opened back up, I feel like we're all on our hamster wheels again, right? That we're just trying to make up, in essence, for time that we lost last year. So this week is going to be real foundational. Next week is going to be real practical, and then we're going to do something like crazy, all right? On July 4th, we're not going to have church in the building. I'm going to ask you to put into practice a Sabbath day. I'm going to ask you to put into practice. Now, I know it's the 4th of July. I want you to grill out hamburgers, invite me over. We'll shoot fireworks, right? Do all that stuff. But I want you, and we'll, we'll, we'll give you the tools to help you, to rest and not just take a day off, but to rest in the Lord, to be refreshed, to be recharged, to be encouraged, to be renewed by spending time with him. And next week, we'll give you the practical ways. You guys ready for this? How many of you would say, Stephen, I need rest in my soul? I need, and, and here's the thing, guys. We, most of us, we don't even realize that we do. So those of you that didn't raise your hand, you probably needed more than the rest of us that did raise our hand. Because there's times like, it's not until I've been forced to stop that I realize how burnt out that I really, really was. And so when you look up this word Sabbath, it comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat. And it means simply just to cease, stop working, and take a rest. To cease and stop working and take a rest. Now, I'm not giving you permission to quit your job, all right? I'm not giving you permission to quit school, but I am giving you permission to take a break to cease your work for a moment and rest. And so we see this first take place. We see this first mentioned in Exodus chapter 16. And just kind of a background on the story. The children of Israel have been enslaved in Egypt for hundreds of years. They've been working every single day, building bricks, building you know pyramids, building whatever that Pharaoh needed them to do to work each and every single day. And then God sends a savior in Moses to bring them out of Egypt and into the wilderness and, and they're, they're, they're free. And after a while of wandering in the wilderness, they start missing Egypt. They start missing Egypt, but not the work of Egypt because they forgot about the work of Egypt. But what they remembered is a month in, they're hungry. While they were in Egypt, they had all the meat that they wanted. They sat around and had all the food that they wanted. Like, oh, if only we would be back there. We had all the food. But here in the wilderness, we're going to die. And so Moses and God had this conversation about how they're going to get food. And so how many of you have ever traveled with, with, with family and people in the car get hungry? 
and there's like just four or five of us, imagine like two million plus hungry people on a trip that you don't know where you're going, right? And so this is where they're at, and God is gives Moses a directive saying, I'm going to provide bread for you in the morning and meat for you in the evening. But he gives them instructions. He says, only gather what you need. Don't keep it. So in the morning when they wake up, there's, there's a glaze over the ground, and it's similar to probably what we would think is frosted flakes. Come on. I love some frosted flakes, right? I love soggy frosted flakes. Anybody else? You just let it sit in the bowl for a little while till it's like, come on. It's the best. You guys, come on. You don't know what you're missing. You just swallow it. You don't even have to chew it. It's the best, right? All right? But, but in the morning, people were like, yes! Everyone else is like, you're disgusting. That's all right. I eat my cereal my way. But in the morning, they woke up and they had these frosted flakes. They called it manna, and it was, it was over the ground. And so God was providing, but he told them, only get enough for what you need for the day. If you try to keep it, it's going to be no good. But, you know, had some people not follow those instructions, so they tried to hide some away under their bed or in their, you know, sleeping bag, whatever. And they woke up the next morning, it was, it was rotten, full of maggots, and it stank. And so he said, I'll provide enough for each day. And then on the sixth day, I will provide double so that on the seventh day, you can rest. And guess what everyone did that morning on the seventh day? They got up the next morning to go gather, and there was nothing there. And so God had given them this day of rest, and they did not want to take it. So we're going to look in verses 23 through 25 in Exodus chapter 16. Um, I'll start on verse 22 and then 23 will be on the screen. It says, on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He's like, all right, look, boss, why are we doing this? And so he told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of what? Rest. Not just rest, but complete rest. A holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So Bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside for what is left tomorrow. So they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good without maggots and odor. Thank you, Jesus. Moses said, eat this food today, for today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground today. And then some didn't get the message and they got up to go get it and it wasn't there. And I want us to catch something. So God gives Moses this directive that we're setting a day aside as holy. And this isn't the first time that we see this. We actually see this very, very early on in Genesis and creation. We know that, that in six days, God created all of creation and man. But what did he do on the seventh? He rested. And so we see this in Genesis 2, verses 2 through 3. He says, on the seventh day, God finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it what? Holy. Because he rested from all of his work. And here's one thing that I want you and I to understand. Before God set a people as holy or a command as holy or a place as holy, he set a day as holy. So before he set his children, the children of Israel as holy, before he set a holy altar, before he set anything else as holy, he set a day aside as holy. And it's on that day that we rest and we remember. And when we look, they didn't, 
they didn't really get it. Um, they still tried to go out and they still tried to get the food and they still tried to gather the food. They disobeyed. And it's kind of like, it, like it, it took my kids a while to realize that there's no mail on Sunday because my kids love getting the mail. And even though I've told them, look, there's not going to be any mail on Sunday, guess what they do for quite a while? They go to the mailbox on Sunday, and then they walk away disappointed. And so, see, the children of Israel have been told, look, for six days, there's going to be manna, but on the seventh day, there's not going to be any manna. And they disobeyed, and they went out, and there was nothing there. And he's, he's, he's trying to get them to understand, look, guys, don't you realize this day is for you? And I want you and I to understand, whatever day is the Sabbath for you, it is for you. And as we look at the next couple of chapters, he gives us some reasons why this day is so important. So many times we want to jump into the what and the how. Like, how do I do this? What am I supposed to do? I'm not going to give you that this week. That's next week. This week, I want you to understand why the Sabbath and taking a day of rest is important. The first thing that we see God saying about his Sabbath day is that it is a gift to enjoy. Because I really believe that a Sabbath day of rest could like change our relationship. I believe that understanding a Sabbath and taking a Sabbath would, would change how we feel about ourselves, would change how we see our God, would change how we interact, would change even the strength of our faith. But we have to understand that the Sabbath day is a gift for you and I to enjoy. Exodus 16, 29 says, they must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That's why he gives you a two-day supply on the 6th so that there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Don't go out and pick up the food on the seventh day. They must realize that it's a gift. See, while in slavery in Egypt, they worked every single day. 450 plus years, they're working every single day, and God gives them a day off, and they don't know what to do with it. Have we ever been given a gift that I really don't know what to do with it? Right? But this one's kind of easy. They just rest. They just relax. And they're not taking advantage of it. And so we've all had these gifts at times that, that we didn't take advantage of, that we would have made our life easier. Um, how many of you have trees with lots of leaves in your yard in the fall? We had this in Jackson. I have no trees in my yard. But in my house in Jackson, I didn't have a lot of trees, but all my neighbors had trees. So guess what that meant for me? I had their leaves in my yard. And for, like, the first two or three years, I was just out there raking, like, just raking, just getting them all out. And guess what is better than a rake? A blower, right? A blower. Now, because you can blow them out of the flower beds, you can blow them in a pile, you can just, like, it's so much easier. So look, would it make sense for me to have the gift of a blower but still want to use my rake? No, it makes absolutely no sense. And so what we have to understand is the children of Israel had been given this gift of rest, but instead they were wanting to go out and work. But he's saying, look, this is a gift for you to enjoy. It is also, number two, it is a command for you and I to follow Exodus 20, chapter 8. Exodus 20, chapter 8. It's, it's, it's the Ten Commandments, and we see this. And this is the only commandment where God says, remember to observe the Sabbath. Exodus 20, chapter 8. Remember 
to observe the Sabbath. So he tried to give them to a gift to enjoy, and they didn't want to enjoy it, so he's now made it a command to follow because he understands that this is so good for you. But he says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day, it's a Sabbath of rest dedicated to the Lord your God on that day. No one in your household may do any work. Can all the sons and daughters say amen? No one in your house can do any work. Not your male and female servants, your livestock, any foreigners. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. And that is why the Lord blessed it and made it holy. He says, remember to observe the Sabbath. It's the only command that he puts the word remember in because he had already given the command to rest and they weren't getting it, so he gives it to them again. So it is a gift to be enjoyed. It is a command to be followed. And when you look at it, like it's really in my Bible, it's the longest command in there. And how many of you would say that we probably struggle to rest keeping that commandment than any of the other commandments? I mean, I've not killed anybody the last time I checked. I'm not hiding any money in my house that I've stolen, but I have struggled to keep the commandment of rest. And when we've broken one commandment, guess what? We've broken all of it, all of them. And we want to point sometimes, and I'm speaking to church folks, we want to point sometimes at other people because of the sins that they carry and the sins and the commandments that they break. But if we're guilty of breaking this one, we're guilty of breaking all of them. And that's, that's heavy. It's a gift to enjoy. It's a command to follow. When, when Addison was in school, preschool, she didn't really enjoy it. Every day I would pick her up from school and she'd be like, Dad, I'm quitting school. I'm like, you're, you're in pre-K. You got a long way to go. You can't, like, we're not starting. I was like, babe, why, why do you want to quit? Nap time. I hate nap time. We always got to lay down. Nap time. Sometimes we have the same attitude and we know, like, God's telling us to rest, but we don't want to rest because it interrupts our day. It interrupts the fun that she thought she was having. It interrupts her learning. And sometimes we look at rest as an interruption to what we're trying to do. And God is saying, I want you to rest so that you can see what I'm trying to do. It's a gift to enjoy, a command to follow. And then the last thing is this. God says it's a, it's, it's a covenant reminder. Exodus 31, 13, it's a covenant reminder. And covenant is kind of a fancy word for a relationship. The relationship that we have with God, it's, it's, it's a covenant. It's, it's based on something he's agreed to do for us. And, and he makes this statement in chapter 31, verses 13. And I'll start in verse 20. It says, the Lord then gave them instructions to Moses. Tell the people of Israel, be careful to keep my Sabbath day, for the Sabbath is a sign of the covenant between me and you for generations after generation after generation. And you look at the last several chapters leading up to this part. Moses is on the mountain and God's given him the instructions for the tabernacle, for the priestly garments, for the altars, for the incense burners, for the lamps, for the tables. He's given them all these instructions, the Ten Commandments while he's on the mountain. And the last thing God tells Moses before he goes down the mountain is to remember to keep the Sabbath, because it is a reminder of the relationship that you and I have together. It is a covenant. Verse 17 says, it is a permanent sign. And he's saying, look, on this day, 
on this day, I want you to remember who I am. On this day, I want you to remember what I've done, what I've brought you out of. In this day, I want you to remember who you are, but more importantly, I want you to remember whose you are. Because I know it's in the moments and in the days and the weeks that I'm running and going and running and going is where I feel my identity start to falter. And I feel my confidence start to falter because there's things that I feel that I haven't accomplished that I need to accomplish. And I based my, this is just me, my identity and my worth on what I accomplish. And God is saying, look, I need you to take a break and remember your identity in me and remember who I am. That is a covenant reminder, and it's supposed to be held on for generation after generation after generation. And what we see happen, guys, when you and I, when, when we take this gift that God's given us of rest and, and we enjoy it and, and we follow the command and, and we strengthen our covenant, relationship with him there's there's some things that happen is is one i really think it builds a stronger reliance on god it builds a stronger trust and reliance on god because we we have to take the day and and trust that he's going to do what only he can do and fill in the gaps and so like with the children of israel they had to trust that god was going to give them enough for the seventh day on the sixth day and for you and I, we have to trust that on a day where we rest, that God's going to take care of everything that's left undone, or he will give us the strength to finish it when we go back into our next day of work. And see, the children of Israel, they weren't responsible for making the manna. They weren't responsible. The only thing they were responsible for was going out and picking it up. God didn't tell them to go out and make it. He said, just go out and pick it up and I will put it there. And I think so many times we think we have to help God out when all we're responsible for is just picking up what he's put there. Keep trusting God to keep putting it down. They kept trusting God to pick it back up to provide even when we're not working. The second thing is this, it's a deeper relationship with God. Stronger reliance on God, a deeper relationship with God. He says it's a permanent reminder and you spend more time in any relationship. We feel our natural relationships start to weaken when we spend less time with them. Would you agree? Husbands and wives, our relationships weaken when we don't date our spouse, when we don't spend time in conversations. Dads and moms, we feel our relationship with our children start to weaken when we don't spend time with them like we should. And like, I didn't realize, I thought I had a really good relationship with my oldest daughter and didn't realize that I still got some areas to grow after this past week. And it's the same. Our relationship with God weakens if we don't take that extra time with him. And I know, look, look, you will always hear me say, take your quiet times in the morning and make sure you spend time in your word and prayer. But, but how much stronger would your relationship be, would my relationship be, if we would carve out a whole day? And I'm not saying take the full 24 hours, but what if you took six hours in a day and just spent time in prayer, in worship, in reading, in reflecting? How much stronger, guys? I didn't, like, I didn't realize like, how toast I was until last week. I didn't realize like, how disconnected in some ways my relationship with God had gotten. I mean, come on, I'm planting a church. Like me and God, we should be okay. But just like, just like you, I can get caught up in working. And my relationship with God grows stale. And you don't realize it sometimes until you're 
faced and forced to realize it. But spending that extra time deepens that relationship. The scripture says this. This is Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Just to pause. And like if I were to pause too long and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, you'd think, did he forget what he's saying? And everyone gets real awkward because we don't know how to deal with silence. We don't know how to deal with stillness. We have to fill the gaps. But if we can come to a place where we can take a day, guys, and rest and be still and know who God is, a deeper relationship, a greater refreshing from God is the third thing. Stronger reliance on God, just trusting him to provide even when we're resting. A deeper relationship, getting to know him, and then just a greater refreshing. Exodus 31, 17, it says that he stopped working on the seventh day and he was refreshed. That he stopped working and he, like God himself, like this is the creator of the heavens and the earth and like he's done it all and he stops working and he is refreshed. And when you look up that word refreshed, it's actually the Hebrew word um, nefash, and it means deep breath, to take a deep breath, to breathe deeply. How many of you have been working in the yard? Like, all right, so I was in like Northern California, higher elevation. We're in the mountains. I've never taken so many deep breaths before in my life. I'm like, I'm so out of shape. I'm walking up the hill trying to have a conversation. I'm having to stop and I get to the top of the hill and I'm having to take a deep breath. But there's something like when you've been out in the yard and you've had a hard day at work and you've got sweat on your brow and you just kind of wipe the sweat off your brow and you just take a a deep breath and it's just so refreshing or even more like you're just sweating and, and, and you grab a cold glass of water and you just drink it deeply and you feel the coldness go from your mouth all the way down your throat into your chest and it's just the craziest feeling but is it not refreshing? And I think many of us in this room, we may need that refreshing, that we're dry. We need that breath of fresh air and the Holy Spirit to refresh us, to take that deep breath. Because here's, here's what happens when we don't do that. We've got the benefits, right? We rely, our relationship grows deeper. It's, it's refreshing for our soul. Again, I can't, like, you don't know until you know. And I'm afraid some of you in here don't know. And God is really wanting to push the pause button in your life so that you can know the condition of your soul, but also so that you can know what he wants to speak to you. Because when we fail, guys, ladies and gentlemen, when we fail to honor the Sabbath, this is what scripture says about it, all right? It's kind of hardcore. Exodus 31, 14 through 15, it says this. It says, um, any, keep, you must keep the Sabbath day for it is a holy day for you. Anyone who desecrates it must be put to death. Anyone who works on that day will be cut off from the community. You have six days to, to work each week. But on the seventh day, you must be, it must be a Sabbath day of complete rest, a holy day dedicated to the Lord. Anyone who works on the Sabbath must be put to what? Death. Dun, dun, dun. I'm sorry. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And so we see that it's like, man, that seems really intense. There's no way they're going to follow through with that. 
Oh, they do. In Numbers chapter 15, this guy gets up one morning. He's cold. He needs some sticks for a fire. So he goes out to gather some sticks, and there's some tattletales in the village in the area. Like, hey, this guy's working on the Sabbath. We've got to do something with it. And so they bring him before Moses and says, you've broken the Sabbath. So they bring the community around him, put him in the I don't know how it works out. You've got 2 million-plus people. If all 2 million people had a rock, that's a lot of stoning, right? But it says that they drug him outside of the community, and they stoned him to death for breaking the Sabbath. That's intense. How many of you are thankful they don't do that today? <laughs> it's just like, you know, some of my kids might be okay. Don't have to worry about them working at all. <laughs> right? Just kidding. But not. Okay. <laughs> but I guarantee you some of us in here, we would have been stoned multiple times over because we've not taken a Sabbath. We've not taken a full day of rest and honored God for what he's done in our life. And I don't think many of us in here are dying physically. But I do know that there are some of us in this room that we're slowly dying emotionally. That we're slowly dying spiritually. That we're slowly dying mentally. Because we feel like we have to do more. We feel like it's not all going to get done. We feel like I can't trust God to take care of it. And with our society the way it is now, and we talked about this, like I was, I was like, all right, God, you're doing something. Because this was the majority of our conversation with the dads that were in my, in my cabin. I had to share one shower and one toilet with eight other dudes this past week. Come on. Slept on the top bunk all week long. But the main conversation we kept having over and over and over is how do you connect? How do you stop work? Because even when you go home with technology and cell phones, I can check my email. Like, I can send a text message. It's all work-related, and we never shut it off. And so, like, I felt real guilty last Sunday. Like, that's the one day a pastor can't take off, and I kind of took off. But I was texting my team and praying it all goes well. Then after service was over, I was texting my wife, making sure everything went okay. And so I used the, the, the caveat. It was like, oh, I'm just texting my wife. But I was working. I couldn't even disconnect being on the other side of the country with my daughter. And I wonder how many of us in this room, we struggle to disconnect and we struggle and we're, we're, we're dry and we're, dry, we're, we're, we're dying spiritually because we just cannot find the time. I mean, think about it, guys. When I tell you a Sabbath is 24 hours of no work and complete rest and complete worship, connecting with our Savior, how many of you, if I say I want you to do that immediately, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. How am I going to find time to do that? I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. And I texted them, but they may not have got the text as they were singing that last song. And, and I just really feel like some of us in this room, you're slowly withering away. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. I am humble and grateful at heart. 
and you will find rest for your soul. And I think, I think you guys added this song this week, right? This song was Lean Back, yeah. And so it, lyrics in the song is lean back into the arms of a beautiful father. Breathe deep and know that he is good. He's a love like no other. When we receive a greater refreshing from God, when we take a Sabbath, refreshing, Nafath, a deep breath. And for another moment, as we sing this chorus, I want you to stay seated, but I want you in, in all realness and holiness and sacredness of this moment, I want you to lean back. And if that means closing your eyes and singing, if that means leaning back and just taking a few deep breaths and, and so many times we think the Sabbath is a Sunday and it can be but over the next couple of weeks I want you to be in conversation with God as like God I, look I'm doing my quiet time a couple days a week 15-10 minutes here but I need an extended time with you but just the thought of taking 24 hours pushing pause on life trusting you to be with you to to get rid of all media, of all screen time, of anything except interaction with my closest family and friends and you and not think about work, not plan for the next week. Some of you right now are getting anxious just thinking about it. Like, oh my God, I'm going to let God down. <laughs> it's okay. He understands that. That's why he's created this day for you. We have a hard time taking it because we don't practice it. And so as we sing this, just another moment or two through the chorus, have a conversation with God. Take a few deep breaths in. Say, God, I know I need to be closer to you. I know I relegate it to maybe just an hour or two on Sunday and 15 minutes here and there, but I want to do my best to give you a whole day. So Father, we come to you this morning. and God, I thank you for this house. I thank you for these people. God, I thank you for this gift of rest that you have given us. So God, as we learn how to Sabbath, how to rest, I pray that your spirit speaks, that your spirit gives us strength. In Jesus' name, let's sing.